Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. Welcome back if you're returning and just welcome. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, if, you, if you're new. Like you said, I like to imagine people like cleaning their houses or just like sitting down for a coffee. Yeah, well, I told you that when my mental health is declining or, you know, has declined, mm. I listen to podcasts to drown out my internal monologue. Yeah, and that works. So, I like, I think I told you the other day when I was, like, feeling really anxious yeah. and, like, just ruminating, and I was like, I'm going to use Emma's little trick, and I put a podcast, I put ologies on. Oh, yeah. Um. So that's – have you listened to it yet? Uh, I know what it's about. It's a sick podcast. Yeah. It's awesome. So I listened to that and it just like distracted me from yeah. the anxious thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I told you I learned all about dolphins. Ask me anything about dolphins. <laughs> I know so much about dolphins now. <laughs> I think it's I think it helps because when you're when you're in one of those anxious cycles, it's impossible to stop them. It's yeah. impossible to cut through mm-hmm. and just not stop and just stop stop thinking about it. Yeah. So if you allow a podcast to to fill your brain rather than those kind of that intrusive cycle yeah if you're having to focus on what is being said in the podcast then you can't focus on your and own. that's the key i think is because it it's not it's not just enough to just put the podcast on and then not focus on it and because then you continue to think about your own thoughts mm. and you're not paying attention to the podcast yeah so you've got to pay attention to what's been said in the podcast yeah. and then you start to lose yourself in the podcast and you forget about your own thoughts yeah and it does raise your mood and so it's a great hack i've been honestly there's not really a moment where i'm alone with my thoughts <laughs> at all like it, it, for the last three weeks it's just been constantly i've had mm-hmm. my hip, earphones in if i'm driving it's a podcast or music like yeah yeah it's a, it's a really good hack if you're in a weird kind of mood I hope people use us like that. Yeah, for sure. Are we the best people? To <laughs> it's up to them. We're all right. <laughs> it's up to them to decide. Um, so I'll just jump right in with what I'm doing today. Oh, so, oh did you, was there something else you wanted to talk about? <laughs> um, no, I guess not. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm putting out a new call for T-shirts if people want a T-shirt. Oh, what T-shirts are you going to make? This no, one? just the same one, but... Okay. Well, Megan still hasn't got her first Well, one. no, I gave it to you to give to her. Uh, I keep forgetting. It's in my wardrobe. Yep. All right, fine. Jump in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I told you last week I am doing Rackman. Rackman. So Rackman is an Australian one. This is R-A-C-K man? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. It's a mystery. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. So here are my sources. News.com.au article by Nathan Jolly. UnsolvedTrueCrime.com. All Aussie Mystery Hour podcast. Oh, they yeah. did an episode on this. Mm-hmm. TrueCrimeAustralia.com and Australian Missing, Australian Missing Person Register.com. Mm-hmm. I've used that before. So on the 11th of August, 1994... Some fishermen were out squidding early on the Hawkesbury River in Sydney or New South Wales. This was a usual activity for the men, but on this morning, they pulled up something very unusual. Can you tell that I wrote that down for effect? Did you write it like big uppercase, lowercase? Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, it seemed like that just because they were like throwing out a net to catch the squid. And at first it seemed like it had gotten caught on a piece of metal that they assumed was like... A crab pot or something. Yeah, something just left behind by other fishermen. They struggled to pull the net in with this piece of metal attached. It was very heavy. And as they were doing so, 
the Captain Mark, I think his name was, noticed uh, there were plastic bags tied to this piece of metal and, oh yeah, Mark Peterson, that's his name. And then looking closer, he noticed a bone sticking out of one of the bags. Mm. Indeed, the fishermen had found a body. Do you know, I'm guessing they were out in like fairly deep water. What's the Hawkesbury River? Yeah. Do you, you know, you don't know how deep it is or anything like that? No, but it's a large river. It's huge. Okay. It's like long and big. What was very unusual about this, I mean, not that finding a body in the river is a usual thing, but what was particularly unusual. Unusual. Unusual (laughs) was that the body was tied to a crucifix with metal bent across the torso, wrist tied and a noose around the neck. Hmm. The fishermen obviously alerted police and the remains were sent to the Institute of Forensic Medicine for analysis. Now, a lot of places um, talk about it being a crucifix. And so when I think of that, I think of like a Jesus crucifix. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people think of with this. But there's really mixed information about what the actual piece of metal looked like. And I don't think it was like a standard like crucifix, one bar across the top thing. Is there I think no there pictures? Were, yeah, there are, but there's like um, differing reports of what it actually looked like. But it seems like one bar in the middle, two bars across, and then two bars holding him on. Okay, let me have a look. Let me look it up. <laughs> well, there is, there's a diagram, but it's not clear if it that's correct because there's also a photo that looks different to the diagram, but then people have said that the photo is not the actual thing that he was tied to oh so there's a picture here on the fish boat fish i know boat. okay oh. i think you can research better than me well <laughs> um so yeah so from what i how i would describe it is like a, a, a piece of wood or sorry yeah, a, but, a st- so as i was saying that picture that i don't know if that's accurate there's like people have said that that's not accurate right but that does look like that yeah and people have said that that's not the actual thing either how would that not be the actual thing if it's on the fishing boat? Because it could just be like a piece of whatever that they've pulled up. All right. So, well, anyway, he's he's attached to this piece of metal yeah. that is stretching him out. He's like tied to it, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if you're imagining a, a Jesus crucifix or... Well, it, it has some significance as we okay. get into it. All right. So, obviously... Right. So, they, so, they pull this man up. Pull this man up, send him off to... The Institute. Institute, yeah. Yep. Obviously, being submerged in the river um, made it quite difficult to glean much information from the body, mm. but scientists were able to say that the body belonged to a man aged between 21 and 46, um, vague European or Mediterranean heritage, and between 160 and 166 centimetres tall, which is around 5'3", five, 5'4", five, so he was quite short. Oh, little, little guy. Yeah. The man didn't have any personal belongings on him except a packet of Benson and Hedges smokes and a lighter. And he was wearing an Everything Australia polo shirt and No Sweat trackies. Do you remember No Sweat, that brand? Oh, very, very yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Like very yeah. 90s. Yeah. Pants were size large, top size medium. Both were mass produced, so they didn't offer any kind of mm-hmm. hints. There also apparently was some hairs that were still like he, there was nothing left of him but there was some hairs so yeah. he had dark hair they knew he had dark hair did he have a bag over his head yeah okay so that's what trapped the hairs um i guess yeah okay. the bags were all ripped and stuff so uh-huh. it's not like the bags were like fully intact some things to note the crucifix had seemingly the crucifix or the rack or whatever had seemingly call been, it a rack rack yeah i mean yeah. he's yeah he's rack man cool yeah 
it had been custom made to match his arm span and because he was fairly short yeah. to match his like height, height yeah. and it was welded together in uh, they described it as a professional way that it was welded together and it was also much too heavy for one person to have dumped it especially I mean by the time they pulled in he was bones but with him attached as well definitely mm. would have been too heavy for one person and if he's even though he's a short guy he he was I don't like it sounds like he was a bigger guy though like yeah like overweight l- large pants medium shirt I yeah. imagine him looking like George Costanza yeah I think he, I think mm. he was sort of short and wide mm. stocky um, stocky yeah it was estimated that the body had been in the river between six and 12 months. So the man's face and fingerprints were obviously gone and DNA still being in its infancy at that time meant the New South Wales police weren't able to obtain any further information that way either. But using the man's skull, they were able to reconstruct what they believed the man might have looked like. Um, and this image was shown in media across the country. The media dubbed this guy Rack Man, mm-hmm. um, which is not, not very nice because... Like they were just calling him that because attached to a rack. Yeah, like imagine um, you're you, you die like falling into a pothole. Yeah, and, and you get, pothole girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to show you the. They also made a bust. Oh yeah, and these are always. I mean, you know what these are. Well, like. there was that one bust that led to the arrest of that guy. Uh, Franklin Delano Floyd, wasn't it? Yeah, and I don't want to say that this one is bad because... It helped, did it? Well, when you find out who the guy is... It looks like... It doesn't it. look that different. Like, okay. But it also does look like bad taxidermy, yeah. like they always do. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a jump scare. Yeah. Yeah, that is... That's scary. I might have a nightmare featuring that soon. Yeah, like, yeah. like I did that time. And this is the, um, like thing that they sent around to the media the the what they thought that middle like. one is funny yeah so that's him without hair but yeah um, he doesn't look like that one we'll post these photos in the ground yeah yeah but i'll show you what he actually looks like when i get to that later okay, okay okay so the police believed that the man was probably killed due to blunt force trauma in january of 1993 so they were able to tell that he had been hit in the head very very hard yeah um, well they've got his skull so i guess it would yes. have like depression a big yeah Yeah. a big crack in it or something okay they weren't sure if the man had died on the cross or if he was put on the cross post-mortem and they also couldn't tell like it does say that the cause of death is blunt force trauma but of course they didn't know if he was dead already when he went in the water water, yeah yeah. all they all they could really tell is that like he was at least seriously injured Mm. Due to the strange way the body had been disposed of and the fact that nobody knew who the man was, some wild theories started to be thrown out there by the media and, you know, people, just the general public. Police believed that the murder may have been gangland related and the strange way that the body had been sort of like set up on the cross and stuff, that was like a warning. Um, Mm -hmm. And also because there was nothing left of him, they couldn't tell if he'd been like tortured before he was put in the water or anything like that. There was Mm -hmm. no skin left to be able to tell if Mm -hmm. he had been hurt before. They also noted, yeah, that the cross was too heavy for just one person, so multiple people had to have been involved. Or- it's, it's weird, though, if if he was set up, like, on the cross or in the rack to send a message, right, mm. um, that they would then dump him somewhere that he was unlikely to be found for a long time. Yeah, it you is think, weird. You think if it, if it was um, to send a message, he would have been somewhere where he was either going to be found quickly mm. or like posed somewhere yeah. where he would absolutely be seen. And that begs the question, 
if you're just going to chuck them in the river, why go to all the all the rat bother of yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah making this like custom fit crucifix for him? Yeah. yeah. So another theory suggested, due to the sort of vage religion, vage. due to the vague religious connotations attached to the use of a crucifix this is what i mean about it being important whether it's a crucifix or a rack yeah um was that the murder was committed by a religious sect or cult and there were actually a there were a couple of weird cults operating within driving distance of the hawkesbury river at this time i as i say i don't know about this because i don't think it looks like a crucifix in the way that I think of a crucifix. I think also whenever I hear like, oh, it might be a cult thing. It might be a satanic thing. Mm. I just immediately, my mind goes to satanic panic and I'm like, bullshit. And so this was 1993, 94. Satanic panic was still still operating. Yeah. 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 But I'll tell you about a couple of the cults that were in the area just for interest sake. So the first one is called the 12 tribes cult. This was an American cult or sect as they like to be called. It's meant to be a hybrid of Judaism and Christianity. Uh, It's been criticised for members not being allowed to access medical care and the really appalling way that children are treated. They believe in very harsh punishments, smacking kids and, like, just being nasty to them. I watched a, a brief interview of a guy who used to be, like, a... High, high up guy in the Australian one and he left once he had kids and he basically said that like when they were asking about what he thought of the punishments to kids he was like yeah I thought it was great and then I had a kid <laughs> okay you're fine with like beating other people's kids mm. but not your own <laughs> also I don't know enough about religion to really be asking this question but aren't Judaism and Christianity fundamentally opposed I have no idea I don't know much about religion yeah i feel like it's something i should learn more about but at the same time that's just going to take up room in your brain that isn't unnecessary but you know what i mean like i feel like uneducated when people talk about religion and theology and i'm like i don't really give a shit it comes up sometimes greg knows heaps about it because obviously he went to like religious schools oh yeah and so sometimes he'll just be like oh yeah that was david of the something and i'm like what oh yeah he uh he uh spoke to a fish and the fish told him that that his mother was a whore and like, you can make it up <laughs> that's in the book of revelation yeah <laughs> anyway the other one was one called the kenja cult which was founded in sydney by a couple that's the shut the fuck up I'll set the 12 tribes people on you. It was a, one of my neighbor kids was just yelling. So this Kenja cult, um, there's been a heap of allegations of sexual assault after the fact. And the one of the founders has since killed himself. They were into like energy conversion, weird stuff like that. So they were both in the area. I think there was a third one as well that was okay. in the area. So they were kind of put yeah. forward as possibilities. I mean, did they? Did either of these cults have a history of like extreme violence? And- yeah, they did. So they had had like various run-ins with police and other services. Mm. So they were like on the radar of being. Yeah, but I just feel like it's quite a step to then. Um, yeah, to be like sacrificing someone. Yeah, and yeah sticking them in a rack or a crucifix and dumping yeah. it in the Hawkesbury. An episode of Australia's Most Wanted featured this case, and people did call up to suggest various missing people. 
Um, some of these were looked into seriously. So I'll tell you a couple of the people that were suggested that could have been Rackman. One of the people suggested was a man called Chris Flannery, who was also known as Mr. Rentakill. As you can probably guess from that name, um, he was allegedly a hitman mm. um, who had underworld connections and a lot of enemies. He's said to have been responsible for at least 12 murders, but he disappeared in 1985. So that's pretty far Unlikely. out of the timeline. Yeah. Also, Flannery sounds Irish. This man was Greek or European, right? Well, they they thought, like they... But I mean, that bust they made of him, he, he looked... Greek or Eastern Italian. Yeah, yeah. Someone else who was suggested was Peter Mitris, who was involved in drugs, but okay. he was much too tall to oh, have been Rackman. Okay. Stephen Bryant was another name um, put forward, but he was also ruled out. And another suggestion was a man called Max Tanzevsky, who matched the timeline and height, but they weren't able to confirm his identity due to the lack of DNA. I like that one. That name sounds Eastern European. And I could see that man being called Max, that bust. Good instincts. <gasps> You've, I've jumped the gun here, but. <laughs> <laughs> so they offered a $100,000 reward for okay. um, information about the man or like who the man was, who killed him, anything. Yep. Nobody came forward, so it continued to be a mystery. And it remained a mystery for over 20 years it was like 24 years. It was only in 2018 that they finally were able to confirm who Rackman was. Okay. And this was due to advancements in DNA technology. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was then 37-year-old Max Tanzevsky. Okay. Obviously, this was pretty big mm. and it gave the police at least a starting point to figure out what happened. But for some reason, it wasn't really a big... There was no fanfare about it. I didn't know. So I, I've heard about Rackman before. I heard about it long ago. When I was a kid, I remember hearing about Rackman and I thought it was very interesting. But it wasn't until I started researching for this episode that I was like, oh, they've figured out who he is. He's not Rackman anymore. He's yeah, Ma- Max Stanzeski. <laughs> um, so, it's yeah, it's a bit weird that I, like they haven't really made a big deal of it. Yeah. But anyway, it is. Oh, it's like it's like the lady in the jeans been um, identified. Um, was the lady in the jeans identified? Mm-hmm. I think like last year or something. Hang on, let me Google that just quickly, just to get my facts straight. Oh my gosh. Was that, mm-hmm. did you say it was last year that she was identified? She was identified 2022. Wow. Who was it? Ruth Mary Terry. Tell me. Well, I'm not going to get into this case in the middle of your case. <laughs> <laughs> Forget but, about Rackman. I want to hear about the lady in the jeans. But like, yeah, like it seems like when people are, when these unidentified people are identified, there's... They're just like, oh yeah, we, whatever. I guess it's because the biggest story is, well, what, ha- who did this to them? Mm. Yeah, but then knowing who they are gives you that like context. And gives them their name back and yeah. any family that's looking for them. And Exactly. I think it's important. Yeah, I mean... I'll get into it a bit later, but you've got to keep the keep it talked about mm. to be able to have people come forward with information about it. Yep. Anyway, um, this is so they this is still a mystery because they although they know who Rackman now is, they know that it's Max. They still don't know who did this to him or why. So it's still an active cold case. So who was Max Tanzeski? 
Well, unfortunately, there's not a lot of information available about him. Aside from that, he had a partner he lived with and he would frequently go on gambling trips as he was a very heavy gambler. And pretty much the only information they give about him is heavy gambler, Max Janzewski. Yeah, right. In January of 93, he left to go gambling, taking out $1,800, which is about about $3,000 with inflation stuff today. I've heard that January of 1993 was a really good time for (laughs) the world. That's when Emma was born. (laughs) Where were you when this happened, eh? (laughs) I'm just saying that I haven't looked into it. Little baby Emma. (laughs) Um. It wasn't unusual for him to sort of go on these little gambling trips. So his girlfriend didn't report him missing for a while because apparently quite often he would just like head up to the Gold Coast, gamble for a few days and then come back, I guess. Broke. Broke, yeah. Yeah. Max was Eastern European, short and stocky, but there's like so little information about him as a person. I was Mm. like looking for interviews with his family, like anything to be like, he was this kind of person or he was that kind of person. All they really say is he was a heavy gambler. He was in some debt, but his girlfriend doesn't know how much. Right. So, yeah, I think the the sort of leading suggestion is perhaps that he owed the wrong people money. Yeah. And this was, I guess, a way to warn other people. But as you say, it's like, why would you put him somewhere where it's likely he might not be found? Yeah, and the other thing is like, Dead men pay no debts. Well, uh, yeah, but I think perhaps if this is what happened, he had owed them money for so long that maybe they were just like, fuck it, we're never getting our money back anyway. Mm. I wonder, can I Can I give you my theory? Yeah, yeah. Or do you want me to wait until the end and then I'll give you my I'm theory? pretty much at the end. Okay. How, how far are we? It's 24 minutes. Okay. So here's my theory. Mm. He did owe the wrong people money. They have accidentally killed him in the process of trying to scare him into giving the money. Mm. And then they're setting this up to look like um, some kind of cult behavior to get the heat off them. Okay. New new idea in my head. Okay. Piggybacking off that. Yeah, yeah. They put him up on this rack thing as like a way to torture him. Yeah. And maybe they were torturing him, give us that fucking money. Someone bashed him in the head a bit too hard yep. and, yeah, he died. And then they were like, well, fuck. Let's just dump the whole Let's thing. Let's just dump the whole thing in the Hawkesbury. Weird that they made a specific rack for him. For him. Yeah. yeah that's very strange. It's odd, yeah. You could have literally just tied him up. Yeah. Tied him to a chair yeah. and chucked a plastic a chair, chair in the water. In yeah. It is weird. Um, maybe, maybe they, I don't know. Perhaps the rack, the purpose of the rack was actually to keep him at the bottom of the river. So That's what I was thinking. To, so it was like a, an anchor. Yeah. But Again, then, weird yeah. of them to go to the effort of, of making, making it. Yeah. If they it, didn't have the plan to. Making it like tailored to him. Yeah. Bespoke. Yeah. What do we know about his girlfriend? Not much. Very little. I couldn't even find her name. Because I was also thinking, what if he's gambling away her money? What, and she organised it? She organises it. She goes, this is his height. This is his wingspan. This is a big accusation you're throwing out. It's an anchor. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. There's not there's like hardly anything about him online. Mm-hmm. I looked everywhere to try and find something about him as a person because I was like, I've, it's a bit sad. Like he's spent all this time just being Rackman. Yeah. Like, okay, we know his name now. Like, who but, was he as but a person? Let's still call him Rackman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who who was he? What did he like? And all they tell you is he liked gambling, which makes me think again that there's been deliberate. Silence. Yeah. Mm. You know, maybe he doesn't have any family in Australia because maybe he emigrated out here and his family's all back in Europe. Mm. His girlfriend is the only one that knows him here and she's keeping shtum. Because well, he's not gambling him. I don't know. Anymore. He might have a full family here, but it just it doesn't say. It doesn't say whether or not he does. It's so yeah. It's strange. Yeah, it is. But um, regardless, they are still investigating it, and anyone with information is encouraged to contact Crime Stoppers, even if you have contacted them previously before Max was identified. You should contact them again because now it's like fresh eyes are looking at it. Should I call them up with my theories? Oh, I mean, <laughs> call him up for a yarn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Tell me him again. about the podcast. <laughs> hey, you guys are probably into crime. So um, <laughs> this is podcast you should listen to. No, 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 it's not mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, so that is the story of Rackman cool i like it when um, i started researching it it went a different way to what i thought it was going to be i thought it was all still very mysterious and mm. now it's just like okay we know who he was but it's yeah. still mysterious it's, it's, if not more mysterious yeah it is it is weird it's yeah. a weird one yeah it's yeah. definitely a weird one um do you have a picture of max oh yeah yeah i want to show you so you can see how how much he looks like that bust patchy you needed your nails cut he absolutely does they're real bad at the moment that's him. Oh yeah, it's not not too far off. Dissimilar, yeah. They've definitely got the um, nose right, which is crazy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's sad that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, if nothing else, um, it's perplexing. Yeah. Anyway, if anything else pops up about it, I'll I'll keep a I'll put like a Google alert for any. Rackman related. Rackman info. Should we also plot the Hawkesbury River and go there? Yeah, there's um uh, there's another thing about the Hawkesbury River, but it's crypto. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, I know about it. There's yeah. um I think there's like a big let me see like a serpent or something. Yeah, yeah. Hawkesbury <laughs> River. Hawkesbury River monster. Cryptid wiki fandom. <laughs> Is that one of your favourites? That that website. Hawkesbury River has produced reports of large reptilian or ear-like animals. Wow! So it's a um, it's a weird place. Anyway, I think on the All Aussie Mystery Hour podcast they talk about the Hawkesbury a couple of times, mm. and they started saying that it was like cursed. Yeah, mm. I think that's the Hawkesbury they were talking about. Okay. All right. Well, we'll plot it on our. Yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on our road trip. <laughs> On our cursed road trip yeah. around the world. <laughs> okay, that's that's me for for now. What are you I, doing next week? I don't know. Oh. Why don't you do that one that you like half research? Maybe I will. Mm. I think I'm definitely going to do a crime. Okay. Return to my roots. All right. I've already started researching my next one as well. Fun. It's a All cult. Right. It's a cult. Yeah. 
Okay, you like your cults too? Yeah, I know. Your cult. I do like your cult. <laughs> We're getting off, off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Or you'll hear us next week. We won't see you. That would be weird. Because you, you haven't told me where you are. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>